You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey coaches, it's Chrissy from Buzzing with Miss B, and I cannot wait to share with you the topic of today's episode. It's all about how to align strategies and why you should do it. So today is all about building a bank of strategies that will facilitate your planning PLCs and the support you provide in classrooms too. It is going to save you so much time and stress, and it's also going to give you more bang for your buck every time you plan with teachers. So in the last episode, we talked about six ways to build common language. We discussed strategies for sharing content knowledge with teachers like card swords and my favorite, the 10-minute content builder, which there's that free download still waiting for you at buzzingwithmissb.com if you haven't already grabbed it. Um, We also talked about what a difference modeling in classrooms makes when you're trying to illustrate what strategies and methods look like. And so let's talk a little bit about Why do we really need to focus on instructional strategies? Why would we align this kind of work, okay? So there are three top reasons for me that aligning instructional methods with teachers was so important, and here's what they are. The first one is your teachers might not know any strategies. I know, (laughs) that sounds really terrible, but it is absolutely true. If a teacher describes their lesson as a class discussion, and I need you to see the air quotes happening right here, class discussion, okay? But they can't tell you what it's about or how they facilitate it or how kids engage with content during the lesson or how they ensure that different students participate, then they probably don't actually have any strategies. Whenever teachers just read and talk and read and talk and read and talk, That's not really maximizing student learning. That's not an instructional strategy either if it's just kind of off the cuff. It's not that it's the worst thing to do all, you know, every now and then, but if you're never planning a purposeful lesson using some sort of engaging strategy, are we reaching our kids or are we just hoping the same, I mean, expecting the same kids to get it and the same kids are not going to get it. And that's pretty much what happens. Second reason that it's so important to focus on instructional strategies, PLC planning. Now, not everybody uses their PLCs to plan together, but whenever your PLCs do come together to plan collaboratively, if you have to spend the entire PLC talking about what instructional strategies they have to use, then you don't have any time to talk about the content or to build that common language we're talking about. You don't have any time to look at the assessment or to plan out several weeks of instruction and look at the whole unit. You don't have any any time at all <laughs> because the whole time you're just going to be talking about what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And you've got that same group of teachers who's telling you, let's just have a discussion, a discussion, a discussion. And an unstructured discussion, again, encourages the same kids to participate and the same kids not. And that's really problematic. So PLC planning, you get a lot more mileage out of when you have a bank of instructional strategies that teachers all know what they are. Third reason, co-teaching. If you're trying to plan to co-teach a lesson alongside a teacher and you do not have a common bank of strategies, planning together for the first few lessons is going to be a nightmare. It's going to end up you modeling instead. Not that that's a bad thing for you to do. It's great to model. And I have a whole episode all about modeling early in the season of this podcast. But it is not the end game. We want to involve teachers in planning and in delivering those lessons because that's how we're going to trade off that responsibility with that gradual release model for coaching. 
And whenever we are stuck in modeling because a teacher doesn't have any bank of strategies and planning is so frustrating, it's, it's, we're never going to get there. We're never going to make it to where that teacher is responsible for that learning in that classroom if we're taking away that ownership. So the best way to do that is to build that bank of strategies to ensure that that the teacher has a, a place to go whenever they are planning with you and when they're planning on their own. So those are three reasons that the focus of an, on instructional strategies is so important to instructional coaching and to supporting your school. So now we're going to talk about how do you do it? How do you create a bank of instructional strategies that everybody knows and that you can implement at different levels? Before we get there, I'm just going to pop in really fast. I want to share something with you that could completely change the way you do your coaching work and make you a happier, more confident coach who has a community to turn to when you need support or ideas. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want the support? And who doesn't want to no longer feel lonely and overwhelmed and frustrated because you have people that you can count on to provide the learning and the community? That's what we need as coaches. So Nicole S. Turner and I saw a need for this, and we created the Coffee and Coaching Membership. You just visit coffeeandcoachingmembership.com, and you can check out um, everything that's available there, and it is so valuable. It's what I wanted whenever I was an instructional coach. I would have killed to have this opportunity. It includes a bank of videos, instructional coaching videos that um, are just designed for you to learn what you need to learn to be an effective coach. It also includes an exclusive Facebook group where people can share ideas, ask questions, and participate in our monthly challenges, which are super fun, and we've got prizes, okay? It doesn't get better than that. You also get some really great special resources that you can only get there at the Coffee and Coaching membership. It's not anywhere else. It's not in my store. It's not in Nicole's store. You won't find it online anywhere else. The Reflective Coaching Journal tells you what to focus on every month, and it gives you steps on how to get it done. So honestly, I think this is such a great way to grow yourself as a coach and to build, to build your own personal learning, your own personal professional <laughs> learning community <laughs> as an instructional coach. And you can do it all virtually from the comfort of your home. So check it out at coffeeandcoachingmembership.com because we would love to see you in the membership. So here's how you build five high impact strategies and how you make those standard practice across across your campus. And just one thing to clarify, this does not mean that you don't use any other instructional strategies, okay? That would be crazy. But there is a benefit in, like we talked about earlier, those three reasons, and teachers knowing strategies. And there's also a benefit in students getting some practice at doing a strategy well. Whenever we do something one time and then we move on, kids don't ever get good at anything. And sometimes we can get more mileage out of a strategy whenever the kids already know how to use it because they can focus on the content rather than all the steps or procedures. So once they get good at using a strategy, you can really use that strategy to support learning instead of support using the strategy for itself, for an engagement purpose. So I totally recommend that you follow this process because I think this can impact not only teaching but learning on your campus significantly. So here's how you do it. You want to, for whatever content area you're coaching, you want to identify five high impact strategies for that content area, okay? You would ideally want these to be engaging and of course, absolutely purposeful. 
hands-on is a bonus. I would make at least a couple of these strategies hands-on, but not all of them because all of our lessons are not going to be hands-on. That's not realistic. We have to transfer kids from abstract, excuse me, from concrete hands-on lessons to more abstract, you know, paper pencil tasks sometimes. So we need strategies that can, can bridge across those different levels of instruction, okay? The idea is you want teachers to be able to see results with these strategies right away. And I'm going to share for you with you the five that I chose for reading at the end of this process. But I want you just to kind of start thinking, what are some strategies that you find really meaningful that you have seen used effectively with kids that teachers could use across grade levels in different ways? They could differentiate these strategies easily to meet the needs of their students for different um, lessons, for different genres, for different purposes. Okay. Then you want to build your coaching support calendar. Okay. So whenever you build your workshops into your calendar, you want to introduce those five strategies in a meaningful context. So that's going to be the first introduction that teachers have to them. So you want to build up with a rationale and the reason that you chose this strategy, why you think it's going to be so effective. Perhaps you do AVID on your campus and it's an AVID strategy that's really high impact that teachers can use in a variety of content areas. Maybe that's why you chose it. Perhaps you use GLAD strategies and you think that this strategy is, although it was designed for kids who are learning the English language, it would be supportive of all learners and you can apply it across the board. So that way you can align those practices that way and you don't have bilingual teachers using one set of strategies and monolingual teachers using another set. You want to build in alignment opportunities for grade levels to work together and plan, for um, vertical teams to plan using these, these five high impact strategies, okay? So you want to introduce them with meaningful context, And then you can start pulling them into your PLCs. So you've introduced them during PD. Everybody's gone through the process, right? They've done the strategy themselves. They've seen the impact it had on themselves as learners and how engaged they were. Now, whenever you start planning your PLCs or shorter review sessions, maybe after school learning opportunities for teachers, you can choose one of those strategies you've already introduced and make a plan with the teachers. You're gonna review the strategy, maybe in different content area or with a different context. And then you tell the teachers, okay, can we agree that we are going to try this strategy out between now and the next PLC? Most of the time they're going to say yes, unless there's some really significant reason like, well, we're testing until then, or, um, well, you know what, actually we have a, a half day and this day, and then this are, this is the day of our art competition and things like that. So most of the time they will say yes. And if not, you may have to work around some scheduling issues. But the goal is you want to establish that teachers are each going to try that strategy out in their classrooms between now and the next round of PLC or the next learning opportunity. And then they're going to bring some kind of evidence if possible. That could even just be classroom pictures that they took. But if there are student artifacts, that would be excellent because we want teachers to show how they applied the strategy and how it went with their kids. So then they bring their data or their evidence for the next round. And then if they need help, you can actually offer to model that in several rooms. And that's step three, classroom support. So you can model the strategy in several rooms if you have teachers who are like, I'm still a little fuzzy on how this can look. And you can record those lessons. If you've been doing what I mentioned in the last episode, you can add those lessons to your video bank. And so you've already got a place, a little house to put your videos in and you say, well, this is all this strategy that we've chosen. I've got three videos of me modeling this, bang. I can put them into my video bank and teachers are ready to learn independently. You can also build support systems in the way you've got your video bank, but you can also do it through newsletter reminders. Sometimes teachers just need a reminder 
about that with the strategies that you're sharing. They sometimes just get overwhelmed with all the different choices that they have. So keeping them uh, front and center by putting them in the newsletter and saying the featured strategy of this month is, and then having a picture of it, might help teachers remember, oh, I still haven't done that. I haven't tried that out. Okay, so those are two support systems you can have, your video bank and your newsletter reminders. A third support system you can have to help teachers recall the strategy is put up visuals in your PLC room, okay? And that can look like um, if there's like a graphic organizer or some kind of, of handout that represents a strategy, it can go up in your room. You could also have pictures of that in action whenever you've done them during workshops so people can remember those strategies. So create a space in your room, designate it as your high impact strategy zone, and then put visuals that represent those strategies so teachers can recall what they look like. And every time they come in your room, there's a visual reminder. It's also great if you do PLC planning in your room because you can refer back to the, the, that wall space and say, hey, remember our strategies? Let's take a look and let's choose one that we want to plan with today. My last tip for support systems is a bookmark. So you know how teachers like to use those planning notebooks that they're spiral bound? If you can make like a little spiral notebook, I mean spiral bookmark that fits into those, then teachers can actually have visual access when they are planning with their little calendars. They can see the five strategies that you are trying to push in that content area. So you just, you know, you make your bookmark and then teachers can stick it in that calendar and whenever they pull out their planners, they are ready because they have the strategies there. And whenever teachers have things visible, they're more likely to use them. Hey coaches, I'm just gonna pop in here really fast because I wanna share something with you that I am so excited about. My course for elementary literacy coaches, The Confident Literacy Coach, is live. It's up and running and you can get access to it right now. So here's the deal. When I started out as a coach, I struggled. I had trouble defining my role and communicating it with teachers and administration, and I honestly didn't even know that was something I was going to have to do. I dreaded PLC days because getting my teachers to collaborate, to speak the same language and create lesson plans together was a total nightmare. And I was so stressed out by modeling and co-teaching in classrooms that I actually avoided it for a long time. It was not a happy time for me, <laughs> but things got so much better. I figured out processes to help my teams of teachers work together. I focused on best practices and reading and writing and identified some high impact strategies to support alignment on my campus. And I began to spend more time in classrooms after I planned thoroughly with teachers before lessons. Basically, I started coaching with confidence. This work and I've put it all together in one place so you can coach with confidence too. The Confident Literacy Coach is your one-stop shop for everything literacy coaching in elementary school. You'll learn how to define your role and communicate it to your administrator, what best practices you should spend your time on, and my process for collaborative planning, plus so much more that will take your coaching life from frustrated and overwhelmed to effective and confident. You can check it out at buzzingwithmissb.com. Just click the Confident Literacy Coach at the bottom of the latest post and you'll learn exactly what's in the course and why it will change your coaching for the better. I can't wait to see you there. Another way that you can really build some excitement around these strategies is by promoting them. And there are a few different ways that you can do this. Teachers love when people notice. They love it whenever people notice that they did something different. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want to be appreciated because you tried something out of your comfort zone, right? So what you can do is say, you know what, Miss So-and-so, I was in your room today and I noticed that you tried one of our, high, our five high impact strategies. That was 
excellent. I really saw the kids engaged. I saw a purposeful lesson there. I think that you chose the strategy today to complement this learning target was so perfect. Way to choose carefully and way to try something new. If you give them feedback, they will keep doing things to try. They will keep trying something new too. The second thing you can try is a teacher feature, okay? So this is a fun thing to do, and you could even set it up to look like a Pinterest board. That was my goal one year that I never did, and I am still kicking myself. I had a teacher feature board in my my PLC room, or my coaching room, um, and it was set up where I'd take pictures of teachers, and then I would put little captions that explained a little bit about what they were doing. So I would just take classroom photos of lessons that I thought were really great, or lessons that were, were demonstrating the things that we had been learning about. So let's say that we had been working on um, a collaborative summary using sentence strips. If I taught, saw a teacher using that strategy with her kids, I would take that picture of that strategy in action, I would stick it on my bulletin board for you know the teacher feature wall, and then I would write a little caption that says, Miss So-and-so engages her students using the collaborative summary paragraph. Um, each student had a, a sentence strip and contributed one sentence to the entire paragraph, period, and then that, that goes up on the board. So that whenever teachers come into your PLC room, they can say, oh, look, Miss So-and-so tried out that strategy. That looks pretty cool. And you can also encourage them to ask each other. Ask so-and-so how it went or ask if you can go see it modeled. Because whenever we get teachers to communicate and to share thinking and to be in each other's rooms, that's when we have true PLCs and not just the ones that meet for our benefit, right? The last idea that you can use to promote uh, these five high-impact high strategies is a PLC share, okay? And that's a shout-out for teachers who use the strategies. This is a verbal shout-out. So at the beginning of PLC, you can look over your notes and you can say, okay, guys, we're about to get started on, um, you know, planning this upcoming unit. But one thing I wanted to mention is I was in Mr. So-and-so's room today and I saw him apply the um, summary frame strategy and I it was amazing. Mr. So-and-so, could you share a little bit about how that went? And just get that verbal testimonial from the teacher and that can encourage other people to try things too. Because sometimes carrots work better than sticks and we don't need to be <laughs> running around chasing after our teachers with sticks, right? So those are some ways that you can encourage teachers to use the strategies and that you can build in learning to support those strategies. Here are my top five for reading, okay? Um, the first one is blind predictions. Blind predictions are whenever you have little cards um, that either have pictures or events from a text, and then the kids sequence those in a logical order before you read. Then as you read, they resequence them. You can do it during guided reading, you do it shared reading, read aloud, it works no matter what. It works no matter the genre because it could be a sequential order that you're maybe the life cycle of a plant and they have to sequence those things, those uh, steps in the life cycle of a plant. And then as you read, they check to see if they got it right. And then afterwards, you can use that to summarize and retell and respond. So there's a lot more work that you can do using those cards once you have done the reading. So that's my first one, blind predictions. My second is mix up pair up. And this is a strategy that can be used again for any content area, but it works really well with vocabulary or with uh, matching evidence and inferences, things like that. The idea is every kid gets cards, the cards have a, a match somewhere in the classroom, they make a pair, and then you play music. Kids dance around to the music, you pause the music, they check a partner. If they get their partner, yahoo. If not, they dance around some more until they find their partner. So they mix up 
and find their partner. And then whenever they finish, everybody has a match, then they have to justify why those cards matched. Well, this is the vocabulary word. This is a definition. Or it could be, um, this was an inference that I made about the character. And this is the evidence from the text that demonstrated that inference was true. Okay. Third strategy, graffiti and gallery walk. And again, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen me use this one in workshops because I really believe it's powerful and interesting to see what people know. You use it at the beginning of a unit by putting charts on the wall with different topics that you're going to cover in the unit. People rotate through the charts in groups to see uh, what they already know, and they record all of their background knowledge on those charts. At the end of the unit, you're doing the same process, but you're trying to see what people learned. And so just like with students... Um, they're, they're learning through the unit and they are recording their findings and their knowledge and you can use pictures and graphics, but it, it doesn't have to just be words. So you can kind of get a summary of their knowledge. If you use different colored markers, then you can see who wrote what, and that's a great way to keep them accountable. Fourth uh, strategy that you can use for reading is the evidence hunt. At the beginning of reading a text, you share a number of statements, usually between eight and 10, but it depends on the grade level and primaries. You might want to stick with five. Um, so you share five statements or eight or 10 about the text. Some of them are going to be proven true and some of them are not. Many of them are inferential because you don't want them just to be literal statements because that's, that's the point we want kids to really think. And then as we read, students have to decide if they find the evidence for that text, whether that statement was proven true or not. So you give them at the beginning, they decide what they think, they make some basic predictions. And then as they read, they confirm or um, deny those statements. My fifth strategy is summary frames. To help kids summarize their learning, you give them summary frames and it helps them write a paragraph that represents the information that they got out of that learning. So if you're reading a fiction story and you want them to summarize, you give them a summary frame that includes the elements of fiction. So it might say blank was a blank who blank first, then finally, and then that's your frame for responding to that fiction text. So Tommy was a little boy who wanted to use his own crayons first, then finally, and you have the events of the story in that in that order. You include the problem, the solution, and the outcome. It's basically the somebody wanted, but so then, but it includes summary frame that kids can actually plug their own sentences into to form a structured paragraph. And you can use it for anything because you can write them for nonfiction. You can write them for even responses that aren't summaries, but just reactions. You can write them for that too. And it gives kids a structure to work within whenever they're struggling to create something basic. So my main takeaway for you today, building an aligned bank of high impact strategies is purposeful and it will give you so much mileage if you enact that with your teachers. You will see an impact on teaching, you will see an impact on learning, and you will see your professional learning communities be able to contribute to each other more and align their practices in a meaningful and purposeful way. So your, my next steps for you, first, start building your bank. Think about what five strategies would be really impactful. Start with some things you've already seen on campus. So everything isn't new to teachers. And then add a few that might push the envelope a little bit. And then build your plan using the ideas from this episode, where you build your calendar with professional development and PLC opportunities to learn. You provide classroom support. You build your support systems of videos, newsletter reminders, and visuals in your PLC room. And then you promote them with pictures like a teacher feature. I noticed feedback that whenever you notice that they're happening in classrooms and then PLC shout outs. They're easy to do and it's going to go a long way. So I hope that you tried the strategy out. I really think it's important and meaningful and tune in to the next episode where we talk about a couple of different ways that PLCs can look like 
um, we're going to share, I'm going to share a seven part structure that will help you actually um, structure your PLCs in a purposeful way so everybody knows what they're walking away with. All right, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.